What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the latest episode of It's Your World. I'm your host, Jordan Brown. And that's it. I'm, 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 I've grown out of using the nicknames and Uptown Jordan Brown. Um, I'm, I'm Dane Allen, Dane Owens, and all. <laughs> I just figured I'd try to start a show off differently this week. Appreciate you guys checking out the last episode of It's Your World with Mr. Trey Walker. It's a great show. I feel like um, Trey has a lot of talent, man, and he's got that whole mentality where it's just like grind, 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 grind. Every time I check out his Instagram or I see him come up in the feed and like on Instagram, Facebook, and all that stuff, he's always working. And I feel like that's all you can do. Sometimes you can work. When you ain't got nothing else to do, guess what you can do? Work. There's no no other word to do, but guess what? There's more work. And after that work, guess what? There's more work to now. <laughs> That was supposed to be slightly motivational, but it probably was not. Um, where are we now? I don't know. It's it's March 2020, and what the fuck? We've been through a lot. I feel like there's a lot going on, a whole lot going on in our country right now, in these United States of America. Uh, the the main thing is that we're all kicking right now. You're kicking. We're we're all kicking right now. Still kicking, as they would say. I don't know, it's got the coronavirus thing spreading and all that stuff, man. It's like, we have a lot to fear right now. We don't even know who's going to hopefully compete against Mr. Trump in the uh, presidential election coming up. I was like, oh, you shouldn't be worried about it. But guess what? We should. But then we shouldn't because it's so far away. And sometimes... The president doesn't affect your everyday life and being. So, I don't know. It's really weird, man. Like, things have been turned upside down. So, I wanted to do something different. Something out of the norm. And I found someone who um, I felt like, you know... Actually, they were mentioned to me. So, this, this goes out to... This shows you your ROI on uh, social media posts and different things like that. Somebody reached out to me and told me I should reach out to this man, uh, James Sanders the third, chef and owner of Fuse Catering, doing big things here in Chicago, Illinois. Um, and we had a great talk, man. Like it was just we're talking about like building a name for yourself. Um, not only that, but you're working on that. You got your family that you're worried about. You got your kids and everything. And then guess what? You got to go to work. You got you own your business. You're an entrepreneur. You own your own business, and you got to worry about that too. We talk, uh, like I said, family balance and all that stuff, and having all that on your plate and still being successful. And I think that's one of the things that um, I'm really finding. Uh, after going through all these episodes and posting them and editing them, it's like maybe these people have certain qualities that you know attracts me to them. Maybe these maybe these people have different qualities that appeal to me. And I think one of them is leadership. Uh, I think it takes a lot to um, not only lead a company and everything like that, but like to to hold yourself accountable when it comes to doing things on your own and stuff like that as far as the artists and everything are concerned. Um, but we had a good conversation. We talked about a lot of different things. And I felt like um, this conversation could have went on and on and on and on. But I did have a little bit of technical difficulties with the equipment, you know, with my equipment. But um, 
I was able to figure that out, and we got this this episode done. Um, it had been a, about a week or so, and I hadn't released anything, and I was just like, man, you know, how can I get this figured out? Who can I sit down with? And then uh, James was one of the first people uh, that came to mind, and we were able to establish some kind of communication to get this set up, but... um. I want to let you guys know, I appreciate you checking out the podcast. I appreciate you following the page on Instagram at It's Your World Pod underscore. Same thing on Twitter as well. And you can also find us on Facebook, It's Your World Podcast. And with that being said, I think I'm going to let this one just roll into the uh, episode of the show. All right, guys. Don't forget to subscribe and review. And uh, let me know what you think. Here we go. serious though about the the whole like confidence to be able to say okay I'm gonna I'm start my business I'm gonna get that one up and running you know I'm gonna have a family going to and I'm gonna start another business mm-hmm. and I'm gonna start business <laughs> like where 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 do you where did you get the you got a game plan for this is there a secret to this man what's, what's, your, what's the method to your madness I really I'm gonna be honest with you I don't know where it comes from I just I just have a thing of um my doing better mm. than uh, my uh, my parents. Mm. Uh, my parents did a great job raising me. Uh, my mother and father, they're still together. Mm. Um, but I, I kind of always had this thing in your head. If you're doing the same thing that your parents are doing, or you're not, you haven't progressed or putting your family in a better situation than your parents, or you're doing the same thing that they did, you pretty much failed. Wow. So I always try to push myself. And my parents did a great job. Great job. Sent me to Catholic school all my life. Sent me to different private schools. Sent me to college. Um, gave me the foundation. But what I learned more than anything with my parents is the hard work, um, the drive to kind of keep going every day. I work honestly, brother. I work. I never get a day. I work seven days a week. I work like 15, 16 hours a day. Um, I look a mess right now sitting in front of you. But I mean, this is what I love doing. So it doesn't really seem like work. Sometimes I feel like, man, I'm I'm, I'm burnt out. I'm tired, mm-hmm. whatever. And sometimes I do is just cut my phone off and go, you know, go sleep for a couple of days or whatever, just kind of shut it down. Mm-hmm. But my biggest thing is I want to put my daughters and family in a better situation that I had. I want to leave them something besides, okay, insurance money if I pass <laughs> or something like that. I want to leave them like a, a biz, some businesses, real estate, all that stuff. I just want to be able to be in a situation where they're living better and they can do something for their kids and stuff off of me. Mm-hmm. And that's just kind of my, always been my drive, always with it. Um, and that, I think that's just my biggest thing. Is my, my kids are my driving force. I want them to experience things that I couldn't experience. I want them to see different things that I couldn't see. Um, and I'm not saying this in a sense like I'm knocking my parents. My parents did a great. We traveled all over the world when I was a kid. But I just want to be able to do more. And I tell my kids the same thing. 
if you have children, you should do more than what I've done right. for you. Right. You know, and if you're doing what I'm doing for you on the same scale, yeah, you're failing. Yeah. You're failing. Mm-hmm. That's true. I feel like that's one of the hardest things to kind of <clears throat> convey, probably, mm-hmm. is that when you're working to do something and you're striving for something, mm-hmm. then you can have people look back. It's like, yeah, but your parents did this and this, that, and the other. Yeah. It's like, no, but I mean, they set a standard. That's mm-hmm. the way I see it. Exactly. You set a standard. And sometimes, I think for me, I've had conversations with my parents too. It's just like, oh, well, you and your sister and your brothers like uh, graduated from college. Mm-hmm. Me and moms, we didn't make it that far. Right, 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 right. And we did put a roof over your head. Mm-hmm. We did do this, but I don't think they've done the entrepreneurship thing. And yeah. it's funny though, both my mom and my stepmom are both those like independent women who, you know, I've watched my entire life who are married and everything right. like that, who have been married and who have built families and they all started businesses, mm-hmm. you know, and they've worked a full-time job mm-hmm. at the same time. Yeah. And even seeing like with my dad and my stepdad working with my mom and everything, it's kind of the same thing. And it's funny about how you mentioned that about family and mm-hmm. everything kind of all coming together. How we were just talking earlier about me and my fiance. Mm-hmm. Same thing. Right. Full-time job, entrepreneur on the side. She's doing her own thing. I'm trying to do my own thing. Mm-hmm. And I think that that speaks value so about like the households you came from or even you know just being I'm, I'm, I'm always like oh, we from Chicago this, it's just in our blood this is what it is and everything but yeah it's, it's funny that you mentioned that and that's how it's always been described to me and explained to me you're doing this so you can do better than what I'm doing son. exactly and that's <laughs> it and that's it you're not doing better than your parents and because they put the foundation and put it in right you, you ain't doing right. Right. Moving into the, the tennis facility, like, how, how does a, a deal like that come about? You know what? <laughs> how, how, how does somebody... I, think, I, I really think that's kind of like me running my mouth. I, people always... I'm always talking. I'm always talking. But I just want to go back, because you said there's a fried chicken place that you opened up, and they just like, you go put fried chicken in there with the tennis No, 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 that's so... Okay. So, okay, so what I mean, Dirty Birds is a concept that came up. I used to be in a, another chicken franchise. Mm-hmm. A really big one in Chicago. Okay. And um, I'm not going to say the name of them. Understandable. Um, (laughs) But I saw a lot of good things and I saw a lot of bad things. And I saw a lot of things that I feel like could be corrected. Mm -hmm. I feel like they were kind of just going off of their name. Um, But I learned a lot from them. You know what I'm saying? I had a lot of struggles with it. And and the struggles and lessons I learned from it, I I cannot... I take that... I I appreciate those, what I went through Mm -hmm. with that. But um, Dirty Birds is a concept I came up with where you make, we make our chicken fresh for every order. So if someone comes in, we're dropping your food right in front of you so you can see it. We make collard greens, we got mac and cheese, we got candy yams. And it's just something we put our soul into it. I put our heart into the food. Um, I put my heart into it every day. Mm -hmm. I'm the one cooking the food every day. Like my, I have, uh, excuse me, seven chefs that work for me. But I'm I'm so anal and I'm just so like attention passionate about the food and I just don't I want to make sure it's right every day. You know what I'm saying? It's been point I've had people upset that we're not open every day. Wow. Because I like if I don't feel like it's right, I'm not gonna open, man. I just can't do it. I gotta because you only get one one shot at this. True. And if if, if your food ain't right you might not ever come back to this. You never gonna come back. The community they gonna they gonna dog you. Uh, uh, what's that? Uh, that one site uh, when they kind of give you ratings of your food. They gonna like Yelp and everything. Yelp. They gonna kill you <laughs> and everything. So I'd rather be that person 
explaining to people like, look, I got to get this food right for you. Mm -hmm. um, I only got one chance to get your money. If I get you, if I got you two, three, if you eat my food two or three times, I got you. You're my customer at the point. You coming in on one time, say, okay, the food was good, not coming back. You're not my customer. Right. I want you coming back two, three times. You go tell three other people like that mm -hmm. food is good. And then I want your word to look good when they come in and get my food too. Right. So the biggest thing is um, we get our food in fresh every day. We go through a whole process with the chicken. We brine the chicken for a day. It's like, I'm going to just tell you, it's a, like a three-part process. With the okay. chicken. We brine the chicken. Then after we brine it for like 10 hours, then we um, do a dry rub on the chicken. Okay. And then it just go from there and let it marinate for like another day. That's what we do. We change the oil every day. It's just, it's a process, man. And it just, I just felt like being on the South Side, being in an African-American community, mm -hmm. we deserve better. We don't, we deserve, instead of seeing your chicken sitting up in some basket and getting redropped in some grease, we we know what's fresh fried food. True. We know what's what's um what what's coming up fresh. We've been eating chicken all our lives. Um, besides having fried chicken, we have roasted chicken, so to kind of be more health conscious. Um, and that's just it. You know, it's just it. It's just a simple concept with good food, mm -hmm. made fresh. Um, to kind of go to the tennis um, facility, Excess Tennis, where I'm, I'm gonna be located. Excess is owned by Kamal Murray, who. Uh, was a coach for Sloan Stevens who won the U.S. Open a couple wow. years ago. And um, my daughters both play tennis, and I was just talking to him about it. And he's been kind of talking to me about like, I mean, she put something inside of the facility. Mm -hmm. It's a small space, but just have some he you know, healthy alternatives for the players and have different food items and all that. But um, I'm really involved with tennis. You know, I was a football player, baseball player, like you know what I'm saying, you. But tennis has my heart because my daughters play it, and I'm just like a tennis dad. I try not to be Joe Jackson. I was gonna ask, like, how does that differentiate? I was actually it's thinking hard, about that. It's hard, day. bro. Listen, I try not to be Joe Jackson because I'm like, I used to have my daughter hating tennis. Both my daughters hating tennis because I was so hard on them. Because you know, we play football players. We that come on pushing it. We passionate. Athletics and, is everything. Yeah, athletics <laughs> is everything. And then I come from a family of football players and sports players. I have uncles who played out and tried out for the Reds and made it for the made it to the Cincinnati Reds. So it's like in my bloodline, mm -hmm. sports. But uh, my daughters, um, you got to be a little different. You got to be a little more calm. And, you know, you can't push them so hard that they like, I don't want to play this no more. Mm -hmm. But then you got to push them too. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And then you got to deal with mommy sitting on the side. Like, that's my baby you're talking to. <laughs> You ain't gonna talk to my baby like that. Like you doing too much. Like you need to. So I kind of calmed down a lot. And now me and my daughters are coming on a, uh, a common ground with each other, where we understand. And I think they understand my drive. And they starting to understand everything I was saying about how you push yourself and how you, you know, you know, it's not always about being in first place. But if you ain't trying to be in first place, what's the point of even doing it? True. True. And that's just it. And I think that's the key thing too is what you said: push yourself. That's it. It don't, it don't matter what your dad or your face exactly. or anybody else say this. You got to be wanting to do this on your own. And I was thinking about that the other day, just getting this wedding and everything planned. Uh -huh. I was like, man, if we have kids and, and they want to play sports and everything, like, how do I go about just, like, separating? But I think I'm, I'm actually practicing that now with comedy uh -huh. and my stand-up because I have to separate that passion that I have for one comic acting. Like, why don't you act like you did when you played sports or, like, uh -huh. You would be very afraid of me if I was that aggressive and that passionate about it. Like, you know, you just get excited and you want to, you want everything to be perfect. You want the play to be right. You want the joke to go off, mm -hmm. off the tongue. It's like, okay, well, 
then how do you do that with the whole human child? Right. You know what, man? Since you play football, I'm going to tell you what. You, you need to have a girl first. To get <laughs> and I'm going to just tell you what to do real. You the need girl to have a, girl. a baby girl first I, with her. I, I pray for a girl first. I promise, man. I pray like, Lord, just let me have it. Because I know if I have a son, it's going to be rough on him. I'm going to be too hard on him. Mm-hmm. So my daughter softened me up and we started saying stuff like, oh, this is cute. That's when you start getting soft and weak. So... Uh, my daughter's definitely softened me up. I had to be so emotional, man. They didn't broke me down crying before and all that. My um, but you and you see the smaller versions of you. It's the funny, like the female version of you is the funniest thing to see. Like my youngest daughter is me, a hundred percent attitude. She gonna give you the attitude. She gonna say what she wants to say. She's gonna talk. She's respectful, but she ain't gonna hold nothing back. If she's done messing with you, she's done messing with you. Then she's going to cut you off. But overall, she's a great person. My oldest is a great person. They're totally different. One is a, let me say this. My one daughter, oldest, is the grinder. She's going to work her butt off. She was a uh, uh, president of student council of her grade school. Uh, um, gr- graduated, uh, what was it, salutatorian? Mm-hmm. Ranked number nine out of 260 kids at our freshman class wow. at Gwendolyn Brooks. Oh, uh, yeah, school. really good school. And, and I was like, her homework load was so tough at the beginning. I'm like, I don't know how she's making it through this. Like, this, shit, this shit is crazy. Like, I don't understand it. That's funny you mentioned Brooks. I got offered a job to coach there when, like, when I first graduated. Really? And I'm like, man, now Brooks. I don't think we're going to be winning no games and the kids who's focused on academics. I would feel bad being right. a coach like that. Right. Like, just putting all that pressure on those kids to mm-hmm. do well, you know? Because I know what it's like in high school. You're trying to make sure you get into college. And then you're coming from CPS, yeah. you know, so. And it's it's, a, it's an amazing school, man. Like, I, I when I first went there, I was just like, you know, the first thing I heard one of the kids say something like, I was the smartest kid in my old school. I come to Brooks and I'm like struggling. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know what? That's a challenge you need to take. And my mm-hmm. daughter, she chose this school. She had a, got picked for a lot of other schools in high school in Chicago. And um, she like, I want to go to Brooks. All her friends, she was the only one out of her class to go to Brooks. She wanted to separate from her friends, not say anything about her friends. She just wanted to kind of. Sometimes it's good to get out of Yeah, yeah. She yeah. wanted to pay her own way. And I'm like, man, this is crazy. <laughs> but um, yeah, man, it's just, um, I just, I just think my biggest driving force is my family, man. It just. Yeah. Really, every day. Some days I don't want to get out of bed. I'm like, man, I got to go. I got to go. And I try to teach them, too. Like, you can't do everything you want to do every day. It's something you have to do, you know, Very to true. make stuff happen for yourself. And that's it. But as a businessman, what what is it like going into those rooms and or boardrooms and coming up with these deals? Like, how does someone go about just being like, you know what? I want to put this place here for you guys and something that I think, are you changing what you usually do when it comes to preparing food or, you know, as far as a chef, what's your specialties and, you know, what, what challenges are you faced with there? I think the, um, man, you know what, I'm just going to be super transparent with you. I think the biggest challenges is that in Chicago, you don't really see any black catering companies, like major catering companies or major chefs. And there's a lot of talented chefs in Chicago, like a lot of, man, it's, a, you know, a numerous African-American chefs mm-hmm. in Chicago that I feel should get more recognition. Um, one of the Chicago chefs that, um, who's really doing well, his name is Chef Eric Williams at Virtue, great chef. 
Uh, I've been watching what he's been doing. And he's, this year is kind of like, like last year is really like a really big year for him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, also, Cliff Rome at um, Peaches. He owns Peaches on, uh, in, uh, on um, King Drive. Okay. He's always been like a great friend and mentor to me. Kind of always kind of tell me like, okay, you should do this and move this way. But overall, the bigger picture, you know, we do well. I do well. The company does really well. But I never look at any other, uh, like the chefs that I know or any other African-American companies as my competition. Mm-hmm. I never really think of anybody as my competition. I always look at myself as my competition, what I can do to get better every day. Right. And I look at some of the big major companies like um, like the Sodexo and all that type of companies and Cisco and uh, other companies when they're doing $30 million a year. How can I get to that $30 million point? Um, how can I do it? You know, and, and, I, and I've really just kind of buckled down this year. It's really about your team. It's not about you. Because I used to do, my days, I would get the sales job. I would get the catering job, do the contract, go shopping, prepare the food, and all that. But now I said, and that stuff was killing me. You know what I'm saying? So at that point, now it's, you just got to put yourself and have a great team around you. And I even watched it with that Kevin Hart thing. I don't know if you saw it on Netflix. Mm-hmm. That was that. That gave me the best advice ever. Cause if you ever look at it, Kevin Hart doesn't write all his jokes. True. But you know what I'm saying. But they don't care about the shine. Kevin is the comedian. The other guys are the joke writers. To take that step back, it's big though. He's big, right? And, and he's huge. And they, they, they're watching. They're basically putting everything to him and watching them grow. And they're eating off of it. Mm-hmm. He's providing a lifestyle for everybody. And that's my biggest thing. I want to provide a lifestyle for people who want to work. Um, I got like, for example, sometimes I go through a lot of stress. Like, man, I got this payroll to do this week. Shit, I'm going to come up with this huge right. amount of payroll. But I think about it, I got people depending on me. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I feel like I don't want to do this no more. Like, I'm like, man, I'm tired of people depending on me. But then that kind of makes me dry because I'm like, man, I got this woman. She's depending on me to pay her light bill, electric bill, rent, all this, pay her kid and everything. So we got to make this job work. Right. We got to make it work. Even though we may have differences, I bump heads with my chefs every day. And I think that's a part of the thing that um, I kind of had to learn that mm-hmm. coming into the workforce, mm-hmm. relearn it in a way to right. teach other people that like, okay, you can be on my team. Well, like I'm not working construction. I have my little team and I'm like, hey, it was four or five guys, five, six of us or whatever. You might not have a good day with me. Exactly. But that don't mean that you got to have a bad day with everybody else. Mm -hmm. If you got to be pissed off at me all day to go do your job, 100% A-plus work, Mm -hmm. I don't give a damn. Just get it done. Right. You know what, man? I have have an employee right now, one of my chefs. She's a beast in the kitchen. Beast. Like, I can say knock something out for 200 people. She don't do it and not say nothing. Mm -hmm. Production-wise, monster. But I can't take her to events because the attitude gonna come out. But she's so passionate about. You tired of people trying to tell you what to do? Right, right. She's so passionate about you know everything. So I had to learn. You have to learn to put people in a certain place. Like she's my production chef now. Now special events we're going outside the house. No, I can't let you know. So you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Love her dearly, but I just know where 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 she fits in. What where, where she fits in best with my company. Mm-hmm. And I just try to learn, like like I said, it's about building a team and having solid people behind you and not just there for a check. Let's think of a bigger picture um, where we can grow. It's not about me. And I say that every time. It's not about me or my family. It's about all of us we can grow and do something bigger and greater that we can make it to that $30 million point. 
when there's jobs out here, when people getting contracts, contracts for $600,000 a year, $600,000 contracts for one event. You know, that's amazing, bro. That's amazing. And I think it's, it speaks volumes to you to say that, like, you have to learn people. Yeah. <laughs> and then to even just have the mindset to even say, this is my goal right here. This is what we can reach. If you just stick with me and you believe in me, mm-hmm. and be- not even just believe in me, believe in us. Exactly. And I had to learn how to do that, man. And I, I don't want to say it's like selling a dream mm-hmm. because it, it might be a dream. But it's something that's, if you know the talent that you have on your team, you know how responsible people are. Mm -hmm. You know what their skills are. You can put them in the right place and everything to be successful. And sometimes that's all you can do. Just just trust me, man. That's it. That's it. That's it, man. You know, it's been been situations where we've had jobs where I've just taken a job to just get my foot in the door. Mm -hmm. I didn't make a dime off of it. But my team was able to eat. And I'm happy with that. That's fine. I, okay, I'm cool. I didn't make nothing off this. Let them eat so I don't have to hear, sit back and say, okay, I'm worried about them not having no money to pay their bills. Mm-hmm. That, and that's, like, really unheard of, of an owner kind of being concerned. Yeah, and when you do hear, like, people say that, I, I, like I said, I've worked for small companies, and they just be like, oh, nobody, did y'all get y'all checks? Nobody yeah. got paid. It's like, oh, no, we got, we got to fix that right away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, and that's, that's some, that's some, um, some hard for us, like it really hits you like hard. You really care, like, oh, so yeah. I'm not just grinding my gears over here, just doing exactly. whatever you want. Exactly, exactly, man. So I just try to always just try to put honestly put God in everything, mm-hmm. even with my business. And I, I've learned a long way. I used to have this attitude, this chip on my shoulder, and and just like um, cut people off. If I'm like, man, I ain't mess with them. I'm cool. But as a business owner, you really have to. Um, Play both sides of it. You have to really kind of deal with stuff. That was another thing that I wanted to kind of try to bring okay. up, but you do it. It's, it's cool. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Not so much. I think some people can be like, oh, well, that's just two-faced and this, that. And I was like, no, because sometimes I can have a bad experience with you, but then I might see you a year and a half later, two years later mm-hmm. down the road, you know, especially if we're in the same industry mm-hmm. and stuff like that. How do, you, how do you maneuver that, especially being a minority as well? Um... I don't, say that again. So just just say like you just say you have to play both sides. You uh-huh. know? Not so much that it is two faced or whatever. People go, oh, this you 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 turn your back on me now. We're cool again. It's like no, it's just that's just how business work. We end up being in the same place at the same time. Or you might have um, got a contract for mm-hmm. the food, and then somebody had a contract for the drinks. And, you know, uh-huh. maybe you don't work well with that company or whatever, or y'all had a bad experience. Like, how do you maneuver? I just don't. I just don't take anything personal. Anymore. I just don't. I just don't take anything. If you don't know me personally, I don't take it personal at all. So if you don't know anything about me, like we we just surface and we're doing business with each other, and I feel like if it's a bad, I never have bad situations with people because I just, I just don't go there with people. I just I'm, I'm, I'm looking. I'm thinking about. That's the, I'm just thinking about the bigger picture of everything, and I'm just like you know we honestly we're gonna get this money or we gonna what we gonna do, mm-hmm. and um and you know and that's just it. Um, are we gonna build a bullshit? And that's just kind of that's 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 heavy, right there. Yeah, are we gonna build a bullshit? You know what I'm saying? And it's so, and that's just pretty much it. Let's just build something greater, and that's all I'm trying to do. Like for example, man, I had this. I think 2000. I'm gonna be honest with you, man. I think 2019 was my worst year for catering, as as far as events. And everything, because my team wasn't together, and, and and I can't blame my team if it wasn't me. So I had to sit back and think about, well, okay, what are you not doing right? Why is your team not together? Why aren't you, you know? So I had to kind of just sit back and 
evaluate some stuff with me. I stopped catering for like a month. I thought about walking away from this at one point. And I'm just like, you know what? Pull it together. You got something good going on. And what happened was I got picked to do one of the biggest jobs in Chicago for a catering event. It was mm -hmm. called a Black Creativity Ball. Okay. It was the 50th anniversary. Um, this is at the um, Museum of Science Industry. Mm -hmm. Never been a black catering company ever to do this. Wow. So I'm just like, okay, let's get this going. We, I'm like, so I got my team together. The trailblazer right here. Right, I got my <laughs> team together. So I, initially I went to the meeting. I got all the big catering companies there, the, the major ones. I'm the little guy in the room. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, man, ain't no way I'm gonna get close to this. I'm like, I got blue plating, I got all these other companies who I look up to. I'm like, man, see how they moving and shaking. And then I'm the only black guy in this room with my own catering company. And they was like, oh, we have Fuse catering in the building. And I was just like, they looking at me like, oh, I never heard of it. Right. I beat all those companies out. I beat all, it was nine other catering companies there. Um, my menu and proposal wiped them out immediately. Because my menu proposal was so, the food was just all over. The, all over. So it came between us, me and my company and Sodexo. Mm -hmm. So, and that's still a major thing. If anyone doesn't know anything about Sodexo, Magic Johnson's the owner of Sodexo. Yeah, Sodexo does like the big major arenas um, all over the country, you know, different basketball, football, same. So I'm going against them and I'm just a small company from the south side of Chicago. <laughs> So we did a tasting. My tasting beat out Sodexo. My tasting floored them over Sodexo. So they were kind of going back and forth between us and Sodexo. It was like, man, dude, you came with it on this. So we had to do another event for the, the panel of the Museum of Science mm -hmm. Industry. So I passed out. We had did past appetizers, and they loved everything. They loved the servers, everything about it. On two of the appetizers, they didn't like so we've done two tastings plus two appetizers you didn't like, so you decided to go with Sodexo. Initially, I was hurt. I was just devastated, crushed, boom. I was like, man, they just hit me with a Mike Tyson shot to the stomach. But you learned that I had to sit back and think about it. One of my friends told me, like, do you think you were really ready for that? I mean, sometimes you don't have to be ready to just take some shit off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And you know what? And I'm just like, so I'm like, damn, was I really ready? And she's like, and I had to hesitate. And I got, I'm like, uh, maybe not. You know what I'm saying? But I didn't want to say maybe not. But but I just believe that God puts stuff in your hands that you're ready for and you can handle it. Right. You wouldn't have never been in that position. I would have never been say that. And so when I think about it, like, now, and a big thing, like on a small thing, they know my name. Mm. They know who Fuse Catering is. And so what you Fuse probably be, be put your name said, in the hat for exactly, years to come. Exactly. So I didn't want to burn any bridges with Bridges Museum of, Science, Museum of Science Industry. I was super upset and hurried off of it. But um, I learned so much from that that, okay, I have potential to grow. I have potential to what I can do. Um, how I can beat out these other companies. Not because of my, my race or anything like that, just that we, we're pumping out quality food that we don't want people to eat. Like, I believe in just having dope food, man. Just doing dope events, having making dope food and doing flavorful food mm -hmm. instead of some bland bullshit. Yeah, 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 that's, that's it, that's it. Wow, I mean, I couldn't even tell you. For me, I don't know, if Kevin Hart came to town and did a special, he's mm -hmm. like, man, you know, I need an opener. 
I ain't gonna lie to you, Jack. I'll be ready to go. All day, all day, all day. But it is that confidence. It is that bravado. I think it is as as men. You probably feel that way too. But mm-hmm. like you just when when you get to that point and you realize like is that a damn I'm, I kind of made it. Is that is that what that feeling is? You know what was that feeling for you? Was it the first? What a hundred dollars you made off a plate or something like that? You know what was that for you? I think that would that that job would have had me feel like I made it. Like okay, like dude, you didn't kind of like you yeah. you you didn't put you on a whole nother. Cause that was that was like a three hundred thousand dollar catering job for one day. Wow. One day, like the budget was three hundred grand, but I mean it. Um, it'll come back. It'll come back. See, that's the kind of mindset it'll come back. It'll come back. You know? And I just I always had an attitude too, and that's not being like arrogant or nothing like that. But I'm like. Any people, anybody who's ever kind of like kind of messed me over or just it didn't go my way, they gonna have to come, we gonna have to come back to get a new business. One. Well, I always say this one thing: you gonna have to kiss the ring one day. So, and I say that, and I and I'm not saying it in no arrogant way, but I'm just saying like it just pushed my put me like want to bust my ass even harder to um just make it you know make stuff right. And make it, I think a lot of people get it confused. It's just like oh they just got a chip on your shoulder. It's like no, nah, if I know I'm doing the work, I'm putting mm-hmm. the effort in to get to this level mm-hmm. of achievement, then I'm probably going to achieve that. Right, 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 right. <laughs> and that's just it, man. I'm just you know I, I see a lot of people look at me and it's just like man, do you doing you doing? I'm like y'all don't even know how the hell this shit going on the background, but that's cool. But I'm just glad that uh, a lot of people notice my work and just really kind of push me and support me and just like whatever they like shout me out or just mention me or even tell people about my catering company because I've never advertised at all. I did notice that. That's why I was like, man, let me go check out his page and see what's going on there. Yeah. And what is, what is, what is that? Just word of mouth? Is just it's just word of mouth. And, that's a, and I thank God for the everyday. It's been word of mouth. Um, have we had bad jobs that go bad? Hell yeah. And I'm not going to lie about it. I'm not, and if any catering company sit back and say they haven't, they're a goddamn lie. <laughs> but I've had jobs that go bad, and I just, what you do is you make good. You be accountable for the shit. Mm-hmm. And you just, like, you know, own up and don't try to push it off. on. It can be my team that just dropped a complete ball and just did whatever they want to. But you own up, you make right, and that's just it. You move forward and you show your, like, sincere, like, man, this wasn't planned or right. anything like that. Just go move forward. But um, that's pretty much my, my been my whole vision with it. Just I just, I just want I, I ain't gotta be I wanna be that number one dude on this catering side. That's it, bro. Hey, that's the point. You know what I'm saying? Dude, like what I say, I'm not gonna do nothing for nothing. <laughs> I'm not, man. I ain't doing I'm not. I've done that. I've fed yeah. people for free. I've shown people what I can do for free. Now we're at the point like, no, nah, I can't do that. Because I'm giving you a quality of service that isn't free. It's not free. <laughs> That's not free. So, um, one thing I usually ask these guests is, "What is three things you can think of off the top of your head you tell someone starting something new, whether they're doing comedy, music, becoming a chef? If it's a pastry chef, you know, mm-hmm. what are three things you tell them starting something new?" I'm gonna tell you this. I think the number one thing is don't be afraid to fail. That's the number one thing. Don't don't be afraid to drop that brick because you know what you're gonna drop that brick. You, it's going to happen. It's not going to happen overnight. It's not going to be a first thing like, okay, I'm going to go out and make this whole thing blow up in one year. I kind of, you know what I always kind of look at it, man, is uh, the Cardi B thing. And I know this sounds so crazy. But, but everybody says she was overnight. She wasn't, though. It took she was about a year, two exactly. years of her building social media. Exactly. Not, not saying what she was doing, but okay, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> like, I get like, right. And so it's like, 
your moment is your moment. We don't know when someone's moment is going to happen. She was grinding and grinding, grinding behind the scenes, doing whatever she did, stripping whatever she did. But when it happened for her, it happened. Mm -hmm. And it's just like that. So, and when it happens, you got to be prepared for it to happen. It happened maybe for me before. Mm -hmm. I got two big contracts. I wasn't prepared for them. It, I got them in the same month. And I'm like, man, this is so much. But you think about, um, don't let money drive you. It got to be the passion of it. You know what I'm saying? Because if it, the money involved with it, that, that's not going to motivate you. Yeah. It's been situations where I made great money off events, and there's been situations I've done events that I didn't make as much money, but I had a great time doing it. Mm -hmm. And then what I did was, for example, I did an event, I didn't make, I didn't make, really make no money off of it. And I don't mean to keep drinking up money, but I was able to get six or seven jobs off of it. Mm -hmm. And they were bigger jobs. And they were bigger jobs. Um, so like I said, don't believe, don't be afraid to drop that brick. Don't be able to be afraid to fail. Um, always have a plan. Always plan it out. Instead of just having it in your head, write it down on paper. You know what I'm saying? I write down. I, you gotta see it. You really gotta see it. I put stuff in my phone um, on the regular. Um, sit notes on myself. Always kind of do some research. Um, read a lot. You know what I'm saying? What are you reading right now? <laughs> you know what? I'm reading. I'm gonna take the book out. I got my iBooks right here. I was. Just, I've been reading this. Um, hold on, let me pull it up right now. Pressing. I just saw advertisements for that. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. And it's. Um, I try to read every night before I go to bed. I don't watch TV at night. I just kind of, I'm not really a big TV watcher. I just try to read every night, like a nighttime read for about 30, 40 minutes. Mm -hmm. And it just really gives you the concept about learning the people around you and being able to kind of manage and deal with certain people. Because I would, like I said before, I, I was kind of short fused. And being a business owner, you can't be a short fused person. You got to have a, you got to have an open mind with everything. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And not kind of take on people problems, your employees' problems, but I try not to, but I still do. I still do. And I think that's a, that's, that, that just lets me, people know the human side of me, mm -hmm. you know? I know, uh, I remember one time, I'm going to just tell this quick story. One time, man, we had this uh, catering job, and I usually collect all the paper money before event. So I just like, okay, I collect it at the day of. Personally, acting like they didn't know, about, know anything about the money. So I told one of my employees, she spread it like wildfire. Next thing I know, she ready to fight and set it off. And my team ready to fight. I'm like, no, no, we got to go do that. Because the whole thing is I don't want nobody. I'll deal with that later. Let me deal with it. Let's finish the event. I'll deal with it later. The, con the client paid me, but it's just like my, my employees, like, they're going to ride. They're going to they gonna ready, they gonna ready to go. They ain't no, no, you know what I'm saying? And we not, let me just change it. We not no ghetto, ghetto. Uh, I mean, but even, you know, you put, you, if you allow people to react that way right. once, they think that that's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I had to kind of, you know, get them in place. Like, now nah, this is my situation. You know, I'm going to deal with it. But I, on the other side, I did appreciate how they had my back on mm -hmm. that. Cause they know when we come, we gonna give, we gonna give you the best. We gonna put our foot in this, like we gonna put the grind on the show event. And it's like um, we ain't gonna let you feel like you we missed a beat. You know what I'm saying? And that's just my biggest thing. So I just, if you going into a business or whatever you are gonna go to, even with the comedy thing, don't be afraid to fail. Mm -hmm. Don't be afraid to say something that ain't funny. Like I just think it like for you know, and that just just it. You know, I just. Just put if you put your heart in it, it's gonna go through. That's it. That's true. That's it, bro. That's it. <laughs> How has 
The culture we're living in today affected how you handle yourself in everyday business. I don't think Man, I've ever asked someone in your field that only because I think food brings people together so much. Some, some of that shit probably doesn't even make it into the conversation, but you usually have crazy conversations about any and everything while eating. <laughs> you know what, man? It's so funny. I was just talking about this other day that you can't, how can I say You can't say anything you want to any days. And I think that's even harder with comedians now. Mm-hmm. Like, you gotta be filtered on certain things Truth. you have to say. And back in the day, um, when comedy was back in the day, like when Eddie Murphy did Raw, I watched it every day. I did. I watched him do. I watched him do a raw the other day, and I just like, man, if he said this right now, this how group would, of people, would it be? man, dude, how like, would it be? like these, this group of people, like, you can't. So I gotta really be conscious on how I move, um, what I say. Mm-hmm. I may see something on social media that's super just ridiculous to me, and I have to kind of watch my tongue and I say. And it's sad that you can't say what you want to say because people are going to look. You said this. You said right, this. And then, like, <laughs> you're the business owner and the owner from Fuse right. Catering said this or the owner from Dirty Bird said this. So you can't, I can't say what I want to say a lot of times, you know, we're in a different stage. Back in the day, I could say whatever I want to say. It didn't mm-hmm. matter. But mm-hmm. it's just, and I, I learned that. And I learned kind of go back to Kamal Murray. Um, this guy, kid, dude from the south side of Chicago, Go pick an um, African-American girl to go to the U.S. Open and win. Now, and he's a guy who's given scholarships on the south side of Chicago to tennis players, African-American kids. Mm-hmm. Unheard of. Unheard of. I think he's maybe given away like 100 scholarships, got 100 scholarships to like big schools. Mm-hmm. Spelman and Tennessee State and Howard and all that. But people still don't talk shit about you. I mean, that, that comes with anything. <laughs> and I'm just like, so, and I, would, and I would talk to him, and I'm like, bro, I said. What do you think is you going to stop talking? <laughs> exactly. What do you, what do you think is going to happen? And, and, I just, and, I, and I was like, dude, how the fuck do you deal with this? I learned that very quickly. It didn't, bro, it didn't, it didn't matter. <laughs> like, how do you deal with this? And he's like, man, I know they talk about me. My daughter just did an interview. I'm going to keep it real. This, this is so crazy. My daughter just did an interview for this thing. I'm gonna say it now called Crack Rackets, a tennis player. Mm-hmm. My daughter killed this interview. At the end of the interview, the, the the guy asked my daughter, tell me one thing about Kamal Murray that you would change, no shade intended. And he's, now my daughter's 14, but I guess you think he got some little goofy kid. My daughter answered this question so amazing. She did the, uh, what was the girl who uh, got interviewed by Gail King? The, the NBA when she asked uh, Kobe. Uh, Lisa Leslie. She hit him with a Lisa Leslie answer so fast that he didn't even know what to say. Like, why would I? Like, I'm not, she was <laughs> like, she like, I'm not going to throw him under the bus. Right. But what her answer was, was she said that um, Kamal Murray does a lot of great things in Chicago as well, as well as around the world. Only thing I wish he can do and improve himself is be more at the facility, but but he's doing so many amazing things around Everybody the world. He can't really be there. Exactly, he can't be here. And I understand that because I thought we, we could take this conversation all over the place. Just uh-huh. me, just being on social media. I just saw Alex Brown, um, Spi- 
Ice Adams, yeah. Jason McKee, all these old Bears guys. Uh-huh. And I remember being a kid like, I want to go work out because I get to go see. Right. I get to go see them. <laughs> Let's right. go early so we can catch out, catch their workout. Yeah, right. And, you know, but, like, just having them there made me feel like black men, you know, made me feel like, damn, you can really do this. Mm-hmm. Or even a conversation I just had maybe a week and a half ago, um, I think it was Fred Evans from mm-hmm. Warren Park. Mm-hmm. Um, his sister, Aja, he's working yeah, yeah, at yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And me and him just talking, I was like, bro, I, I was having a bad year that year in Miami. Like, it was my redshirt freshman year. I wasn't playing. Mm-hmm. I was like, man, I need to transfer and go do this. Right, right. It's like, bro, you can ball, you can ball. And, like, just to be able to have those conversations, even thinking, like, like what, your, what your daughter said, just having people there, it's not, not so much to try and impress them, but, like, just to get a, a pointer. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure if he just came in, he's like, you know, just hold a racket like this. Like, maybe that I, well, that could change a kid's life. It can. It can. And I just I just always try to take something from someone. Like, if, mm-hmm. you, you, if somebody drop a jewel on me, I'm going to take it and run with it. That, that is real, though, what she said, though. Yeah. That, that, and it might not even just be for her. Mm-hmm. Maybe one of her friends said, could you say something? And that was yeah. what, you know, just different things that you're putting together. And like I said, that, then we can take this conversation anywhere. From that no, matter, no matter what you do, no matter what you do, amazing, whatever stuff you can do, you, you, you can go out here and hit the lottery, win $100 million. People talk about Oprah every day. True. She's built schools in Africa and everything. People still don't find something to say about you. And that's just the biggest thing. Like, man, you know what? You can't please everybody, and I'm not putting on a circuit pleaser. Yeah, I mean, you have to kind of grow out of that. I think that's a that's something that socially we're, mm-hmm. we're conditioned to think that okay, mm-hmm. I want everybody to like me. I want. It's not gonna happen. <laughs> it's not gonna happen. It's not the way. <laughs> yeah, man. You know what? I had learned. Somebody told me this before. The nice guy finishes last, and the asshole always finishes on top. <laughs> and I just heard that, and I just like, man, that's some harsh stuff to say. But sometimes. People like the asshole. Like some people, but, but it's not even. Sometimes it's not even to be an asshole. Like I don't want to be liked by everybody, but yeah. I want to appeal to you. It's like what yeah, is that? Yeah, you know yeah. what that means? That means Kanye West. That's what that means to me. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that, yeah. That's what that means. It's like man, I don't really like him, but you talk about him. you sit up and people conversate about him. Mm-hmm. You know, that's how I feel about it. And like I said, you have to really, as a comic, I don't, I don't think I'm afraid to say. A lot of different things. I'm afraid to say a lot of different things and it not be up to my standard of fun. <laughs> but the thing about being a comic, you can't say. Oh no! But but if you're just trying to be outlandish and like you know like a shock jock like radio guy. Yeah yeah yeah. Like for example, it was a comedian who just like the day after Kobe died, he was just um, trying to yeah, say shit. Yeah. That was just that was. Yeah, we we talked about that as comics at an open mic. Like, bro, if you do this, like, you, you probably don't get these hands, bro. <laughs> you probably don't get these hands. You be like, like the, just one, the one dude should have kicked. Should have caught. But like, I watch. Like I said, the Eddie Murphy Rock thing. He was dropping f bombs, and I ain't saying fuck. I'm talking about. Mm. You know what I'm saying? The other one. And then you can't like you can't say that now. You just can't say We're that in a different that. time and, and that community has yeah. circled the wagons. And there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Now I don't I don't agree with picking fights and mm-hmm. picking people to just do it. But like mm-hmm. once you put yourself out there to do all that to, to chastise that guy, well you can say it's black folks, white folks, yeah. but the LGBTQ 
once you once you go out there and you do that, you kind of deserve whatever. They come yeah, 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 yeah. And, and they, I'm gonna keep it real. Um, they coming strong with and bloods right now because you know you better not play. You better not play, man. So, um, I I know it's tough with being a comedian, bro. I know it's tough. It's like you want to say stuff. And then, you know, like, man, I wish I could say that, but ain't no difference. But I think it challenges you as a comic because usually I think we we grow up thinking mm-hmm. funny is talking about somebody. Funny mm-hmm. is talking about some shit that's wrong with so or we deem wrong with somebody. Yeah. But that's the type of shit that put kids in a bad spot mentally as a kid. If you grew up in the hood, if you didn't have jokes... Yeah, that's true, too. You, you, if you ain't have some type of jokes... Growing up in the hood, you're gonna be that victim. And so I grew up in the hood, like I, I grew up, I'm, a, I'm born and raised in East St. Louis. Um, and if you could, if you had, I had like a block full of comedians. Everybody think they funny. Everybody think you're funny. <laughs> but everybody then, you you had them people who funny, like, eh, he ain't really funny. But then you had that person like, man, this dude could be a comedian. I'm like, this dude is super funny. If the dude who had the jokes, and I learned to have jokes back in the day as a kid. Like I had jokes, like I'm going in, Whatever, not on something like I'm gonna hurt your feelings, but you gotta defend yourself with something. Like I feel, I don't know what you mean. Like sometimes it seems like that's something that could be analyzed too. Just yeah. like that whole like I'm going, like I'm droning on, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm roasting you and all that. But you roasting people, but everybody. Ladies and germs, but that's only fitting for now and the time that we're in right now. But thank you for checking out this week's episode of It's Your World. Appreciate that. Um, if you'd like to follow up or just follow James, you can find him on Instagram at Chef J Sands. At Chef J Sands. And that's also in the show notes as well. Appreciate you again for checking out the podcast. Make sure you follow us on Instagram and Twitter at It's Your World Pod underscore I T S U R World P O D underscore. And make sure you also follow your boy at It's Jordan Bruh I T S J O R D A I N B R U H underscore as well. And um, hopefully you can uh, check out some other episodes. Go back, go back through the whole. Uh, it's your world episodes of uh, days past and uh, let me know what you think about those episodes and who do you want to see come back onto the show uh, I think I'm about opening it up more to doing some um, less formal interview type of shows but also seeing where it goes just being organic with the growth of the show and you know what that means for myself and the guests that I have on so uh, again like I said don't forget to subscribe and review and uh, Talk to you guys next time.